Carrie Peck is the elder law attorney that we turn to often for issues about elder law, which these days is about everybody. Hey, Carrie, welcome back to the show. How are you? I'm great, John. Thanks for having me. How are you doing today? Pretty well, although my elderly parents are 89 and 94, and if I'm dad, if I'm off a year or so, forgive me there. Um, my mom went to the hospital the other day. She's going to be okay, oh, but my. the issue was when we talked to the hospital, who can make decisions for her? And I said, well, my sister has power of attorney, and that seemed to satisfy the people in the hospital about some decisions about her care that we were going to make. I didn't know that that would work, right? Is the person who has power of attorney able to make decisions for their parent when they go to the emergency room or the hospital? Yes, John. And, and uh, in Illinois, we have what's known as a, a durable power of attorney for health care, as well as a durable power of attorney for property, which is management of financial decisions. But when your mom goes into the hospital, and uh, she has previously executed, while she's competent, yep. a power of attorney for health care, naming your sister. Your sister will be in charge of making very, very important, as you know, health care decisions. But this, but this is the issue. Um, my mom didn't want my—typically, uh, pardon me for mom, dad, if you're listening, or anybody else who doesn't want to hear about my family, but I just think it's typical, okay? Mom does not want to go to the hospital. Uh, mom doesn't want to go to the emergency room, and when she's in the ER and they say, we're going to admit you, she doesn't want that. She will say, I want to go home. She's not delusional, but we all think that she should be in the hospital, and the doctor does too. I'm surprised they deferred to us, because while mom has given my sister power of attorney, my mom in that moment was not incompetent when she was trying to make a decision that we feel was not in her best interest. Well, I think that uh, typically what you'll find is in the emergency room, <clears throat> the hospital will decide, you know, we need to do what's in mom's best interest in general, even if mom uh, doesn't want to do it. And at the age of 89, they're not sure in kind of a, 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 a split second, so to speak, yeah. what mom's capacity is and what it's been. And, uh, and the hospital quite candidly is looking for making sure that uh, ultimately they have no liability for letting mom go home. And so uh, that, that's really what it's all about. And they uh, also want to make sure that the treatment for mom is in her best interest. Right, right, right. But so if my sister, who has power, said, uh, okay, send her home, even if the doctors disagreed with that, they're not liable for a decision that the person with the power of attorney made. That would be correct. Yeah, yeah. And then without that, though, I'll bet there could be a lot of squabbling between doctors, patient, and siblings, right? So this is an instance where having a power of attorney really pays dividends, correct? Yeah, I think that, that you know, you pointed out your family situation that you're describing now for your listeners is very typical. And what it really points out and screams out loud is that, your listeners and their families need to plan in advance. Nobody knows when they're going to be carted off to the emergency room, either by uh, you know a car crash or or by some sudden uh, illness. And so, planning ahead is critical because what it happens if you don't plan ahead is you may have somebody making decisions for you that you don't trust, don't like, and don't agree with those decisions. 
So that means then that the senior citizen needs to pick the kid they like the best. <laughs> I would say I would say like and trust. Yeah, yeah. Some, which, some senior citizens like their kids better than others and don't trust them. Yeah, right. Well, I, those might be two different kids now that you mention it. Uh, Kerry Peck is on a phone line. The number is 312-981-7200. He's the elder law attorney that we talk with and sometimes do commercials for. You can find him at peckritchie.com, and I'll give his phone number in a second. If you've got a question along these lines about you and your siblings, your mom or your dad, uh, the rights, the regulations, that's why we do this segment, 312-981-7200. If I came in, though, Kerry, and just said, okay, we need power of attorney, uh, how long does that normally take? Billable hours or dollars out the door? Is how expensive does that get? To? It's not a major undertaking, but uh, but uh, it would be it'd be making a mistake if you didn't do your will at the same time, uh, or perhaps the use of what we call revocable living trust. Estate planning should be done, you know, as a total package. And what and you know, in our, in our firm, what we do is we ask people to talk to us give us an idea, uh, and we send them a questionnaire, what are your assets, how are they owned? Because people are often confused if that if they own something, for example, in joint tenancy, it might, husband and wife own their house in joint tenancy, and they want part of it to go to the, ch- to the children. Well, that doesn't happen. Joint tenancy goes to the person who survives the individual that dies. So the method of which you own assets uh, and, and, uh, and what we recommend by way of an entire estate plan, frankly, John, the dollars are nominal. I mean, but we don't quote fees without knowing what we're going to do. And then we put it in writing. It's all transparent. And you can ask, you know, as many questions as you want and talk to us as often as you need to. If that surviving spouse is not the mother or father of those children, if there was a divorce involved in a remarriage, this gets more mm-hmm. complicated, right? Right. Well, multiple marriages lead to a very, very large number of lawsuits, and it's usually the children from the first marriage. Carrie, are you still there? Stay right there, Mr. Peck. Uh, we've also got calls, questions for our guest, 312-981-7200. Carrie Peck, the elder law attorney in Chicago, the chair of a commission that's been convened by the state Supreme Court to look into elder abuse, is on a phone line. And we were just talking a little bit about power of attorney, who gets to make the decisions for mom and dad. We've got some questions from our listeners and some phone calls, too. Okay, that we go there right now, Carrie? Sure, absolutely. I just want to make one quick point, and that is that at Peck Ritchie, all of our estate planning is done on fixed fees. So we don't bill hourly for that kind of work. So everybody knows what they're going to uh, potentially pay up front. And then if I have a question after the fact, I go, but what about this? The meter doesn't start running just, again. Just call, just call us. If you know your client, we take care of you. I have an accountant. And whenever, I, you. whenever I call my accountant, I talk really fast because yeah, we don't nickel and dime. If you're if you're if you're uh, a, a, a client, we take care of you. And I'm not saying my accountant nickels and dimes me. I'm just saying when I call him, I talk really fast. He's a very good accountant. <laughs> uh, let's talk to Cora Lee. Pete, are you going to put the uh, caller on? Thanks. Corey Lee, you're on WGN. What can we do for you? Well, I have a problem. Uh, my husband had dementia, and we didn't know it, and he moved out, and he ended up uh, filing for divorce after 64 years. And we had all our papers in, like you said, 
that's living trust and uh, power of attorneys and everything. And the divorce went through because he became a person for the state. He has um, guardianship. They have guardianship of him. And we had to sell a lot of things. And the divorce was final in June. Now, is my trust, can I just change my trust myself and my will, or do I have to get new uh, all those new papers? You should get new papers. Uh, the problem with documents that people change themselves, their wills, for example, they never know that that's a problem until they're uh, because they're dead. Quite candidly, I've never seen a do-it-yourself will work. I've seen a do-it-yourself will cause a lot of problems, but I've never seen it work. I would encourage you to talk to a lawyer and find out what the cost is going to be, and and uh, and you know bite the bullet and get it done properly so that when you're gone, your documents are effective. They're not challenged and they're not, they're not defective. Coralie, when he um, when he executed this divorce, was there another woman involved, or was anybody influencing him along those lines? No, no. Uh, it's amazing that he was able to accomplish that, Carrie. I, I don't know how you get a divorce, but it would seem to me like if you are suffering from dementia, somebody should have seen that and it wouldn't be possible. Well, the, the law does allow, it sounds like with Cora's <clears throat> husband, the uh, public guardian came in to become his guardian. And the law does allow uh, a divorce after someone is declared mentally incompetent if the court concludes it's in the, that individual's best interest hmm. and the case has to be filed by the guardian. So <clears throat> there's a lot of information here that we don't know, yeah. but there is a provision in the, in the Probate Act to allow it. How about that? Coralie, good luck to you. I appreciate your call. Donna, you're next on WGN. What's your question for <clears throat> Carrie Peck? Hi. Hi. I was calling about a living trust. My husband and I were told years ago that it wasn't worth the price of an attorney doing it. An attorney told us that. He said, I can do it for so much money, but it's not worth it. Okay, but it's a living trust. Well, <clears throat> I disagree quite strongly, but it, 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 it does depend on what assets you have and how they're owned. Let's remember our, the underlying principle here is that in Illinois, if you own assets in your name alone, okay, I'm going to say it again on purpose. If you own assets in your name alone in excess of $100,000, regardless of what type of asset, so it could be cash or it could be real estate, the law requires when you die that a post-death probate proceeding, an estate, let's assume it's in Cook County, be opened on the 18th floor of the Daly Center. Now, many people don't own assets in their own name. You may own assets with your husband and joint tenancy, and if one of you passes away, it goes to the other. Many people have designations of beneficiaries, for example, on their 401K or payable on death accounts, things of that nature. But a revocable living trust avoids the necessity of that post-death probate estate. And that's why it's worth the money. But again, it depends on a close examination of what assets you own and how they're titled. Good luck to you. Thank and you. Thanks for the phone call. You bet. You know, this reminds me a little bit of our conversations with Ray Kaplan. For a couple hundred bucks, 
you could consult with her, have her look at your student loan situation, and she might be able to save you $20,000, So as much as you want to hold on to your $100 or your $1,000 or whatever some of these people are charging you, I'm not advocating for anybody here. It just seems to me don't you know be penny-wise and pound-foolish. Uh, some of our questions are like this, Carrie. John, can you ask Mr. Peck if trust beneficiaries are entitled to the tax returns of the trust or estate of the deceased? Do we get to see their stuff? It changed recently, and it depends on what the document says. So there again, we there's unfortunately information we need to answer the question. Some of the answer, some some documents would say yes, and some documents would say no. And John, you know, you talked about a couple hundred bucks at our law firm, my law firm. The initial consultation is free, so you walk in the door and consult with us and see if we can help you, and you like uh, working with us. There's no cost whatsoever to do that. John, I was a power of attorney in property and health for my dad, this listener says. I have a sister. I included her in every decision, and the hospital knew this. My dad eventually passed away in 2021. I let the hospital staff know that my sister was able to be given any information she requested. In our case, it worked out great, thankfully. Um, Well, I guess the point of that is, even though you have POA, if you tell the staff to share information with the people that don't have it, they can they can do that. They will do that, right, Kerry? Absolutely right. And I think that that's an important point uh, for, for you to, to make with your uh, listeners, John. The reality is that agent under the power of attorney can authorize other people to get information. And uh, in a hospital setting, setting, excuse me, power of attorney for health care that agent also has the uh, ability to get HIPAA-protected language. You know, you can't go into the oh, doctor yeah. or the hospital today without hearing about HIPAA, H-I-P-P-A. So the agent can get HIPAA-protected information. What do you think of this strategy, Carrie? 815 says, my husband and I both have POA for property and for health care, but I put my daughter in charge of my health care because my husband would have difficulty with, say, turning off life support. That's interesting. If you want to make sure that you don't linger and you know your spouse is hesitant to to agree to that, maybe one of the kids will be sufficiently distanced from that decision that they'll do what's best for everybody. Yeah, I I think that that's really good thinking. Uh, We frequently have people that come in and say, well, I'm stuck picking the oldest because for for reasons uh, in their community, you need to pick the oldest child. And I say, well, do you believe that the oldest child will, in fact, uh, end your life if that's what you're choosing to do? And they go, no, I don't think so. And I said, well, that's a mistake. So these folks did the right thing. Pick somebody that's going to understand what your wishes are and put those decisions in place. But I can categorically make the decision irrespective of what the power of attorney person says, right? I mean, um, can't I say if I'm on life support or whatever, I want it turned off and my sister has power of attorney, but I don't care. Wouldn't my wishes Uh, trump hers? You can if you're mentally competent at time. And let's remember that under the power of attorney for health care, you will be asked what 
type of end-of-life choices you want. Do you want to be kept on life support? Do you want life support removed? So, But the, the focus there, John, is are you competent at that moment? Yeah. Well, uh, hospital hospital doctors are going to have to make that decision. Well, I think, all right, then I'll make, Brenda and I will do it right now. We'll go to your office, we'll fill out the paperwork, and I'm going to say I want, I don't care what whoever has power of attorney says, I'm competent today and I do not want to be on life support. Boom. That I can accomplish that now, right? Absolutely, positively, yes, 100% correct. John, does a sibling have any legal responsibility for a sibling? In general, the answer is no. John, can you talk about transfer of deed on death? I don't know what I just said. It's a question from a listener, and I got about 30 seconds. What's the headline on that So question? in Illinois, we recently allowed what's called a uh, TODY, T-O-D-Y, transfer on death instrument. And what it is is during your lifetime, John, you sign it, and you say, I want my house to go to Brenda when I die. And uh, so it's a new uh, innovation, but it's a transfer on death deed. Basically, that's what it is. It avoids probate. It's a good device. If you want to know more, you might reach out to this guy, Kerry Peck. His phone number is 312-201-0900. Click on peckritchie.com. Let's do this again in about a month or so, Kerry. Very good, John. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Have a wonderful day.